Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. As always, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, we have some good news uh, today that I am sure most of you have heard. I'm going to discuss this news on the uh, second segment of this episode, um, and that is the news that the 2021 All-Star Game is coming to Coors Field, coming to Denver, Colorado, and is going to be hosted by uh, the Colorado Rockies. So uh, I'm going to talk about that in the second segment, the implications of that. Um, so you can you can go ahead and skip that if that's all you want to hear. Uh, but in this first segment, I'm going to talk about um, this opening series with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, some observations <laughs> that I had uh, and, and some other just just general uh, overviewing conclusions. I mean, not even conclusions. It's been a, it's been one series. It's hard to come to any conclusions after one series. Uh, it's uh, it's easier to come to overreactions after one series than anything, honestly. Um, and one is that if you look at the numbers, uh, the best hitter on the Colorado Rockies on a rate basis. Uh, Obviously, the sample size is is minimal, but you sort the Colorado Rockies by WRC+. Um, I'll give you a second to take a guess. Number one WRC+, on the Colorado Rockies through opening day. Number one, Austin Gomber. Well, uh, well okay, because he only had one at bat, it's a little bit skewed, yes. Um, but it is really funny how he didn't pitch well, like particularly well at all, uh, but... He did um, get a hit in his uh, opening appearance as a Rocky. Uh, but past Austin Gomber, the best hitting Rocky through opening series, was someone who I lamented uh, their inclusion on the roster as a whole. Uh, not only did I lament his inclusion on the roster, I, I clowned Bud Black repeatedly for starting Chris Owings on opening day. Uh, Chris Owings, by the way, is uh, number one in... WRC plus for the Rockies. Um, and yes, I did have uh, someone on Twitter yell at me for that saying, Hey, you know, how's that humble pie tasting? Um, well, I'm not going to eat it yet. Uh, because by the time, uh, by the time it gets cold, Chris Owen is going to be back, uh, below WRC plus a uh, hundred, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to take too much away from one series just based off of the numbers, but I think there was, there was a, a couple things to glean, um, just, you know, by watching. Um, I think first of all, Ryan McMahon's going to be great this year. Uh, I, I think it was a very encouraging opening series. I don't think that's something that you can just take from the numbers, of course, but I think it is encouraging that he, um, you know, he looked good, and as I've talked about before, his batted ball profile is excellent. He hits the ball hard. He barrels it consistently. So I, it's a matter of time before he starts contributing uh, in a very, very positive manner, and I think it could be as soon as this year. Uh, I didn't... I wasn't able to find any other conclusions that were too solid. Um, I mean, like... I've talked about Josh Fuentes before. Uh, I don't think he is a positive offensive player. I mean, sure, he's not going to bat a buck fifty-four for the rest of the season. Uh, but you know, 
he just doesn't have the consistent gap-to-gap power that you want to see. His swing is nice. I, I do like the aesthetics of his swing, probably because it reminds me so much of uh, potentially his cousin. Um, if, if you guys didn't know, Josh Fuentes is the cousin of Nolan Arenado. I, I know you knew that. Um, it's just kind of a bit that, that uh, Rocky's Twitter uh, talks about because they mentioned it every single time that Josh Fuentes is discussed on broadcast. So it's just kind of a bit at this point, something you say ironically. Um, but, I mean, he made some fantastic defensive plays. As a corners guy, he's great. Great defensive guy, um, whether you put him at third or at first. I just don't think he's going to be an offensive positive. And of course, I don't think he's going to bet a buck fifty for the rest of the season. I mean, I think he's probably going to end up in the high two hundreds, maybe two eighties, because he has good bat to ball skill. He just doesn't. He just doesn't drive it enough to be a, an offensive force. Uh, he's uh, average at best, below average, uh, significantly below average at worst. Uh, Trevor's story currently has negative wins above replacement. Again, it's an opening series. The number's a little wonky. I think he'll be fine. Um, Trevor's story, he looked fine. So not not concerned about him at all. Uh, I think he's going to look great for the whole uh, the whole season um, until he gets traded to some other team. And I still think he's going to look great after he gets traded to some other team, uh, probably around the trade deadline, which is... It doesn't make any sense to me because he's going to lose value by then because you'll only have a half a season of Trevor Story instead of a, a whole season. So uh, those those are my two cents. I've talked about that before. But, uh, I mean, the, ro- the roster looked fine. Uh, John Gray actually looked excellent in his start. He looked, he looked very solid. Uh, Marquez, was, Marquez was good. He was fine. Uh, Gomber was not good. Gomber... Couldn't throw strikes. Uh, he, I think he had something like six walks in three innings. I don't remember the exact the exact numbers, but he had a lot of walks. A lot of walks uh, and a throwing error. I, I get it. I mean, first first start with a new team jitters, so I'm, I'm going to give him some grace, but I was never high on the Austin Gomber acquisition to begin with. I think, I don't know, maybe there's some upside there, but someone like that, a fly ball pitcher, I don't think he's going to work at Coors Field. I, and we'll see that moving forward. Uh, Sensatella wasn't great. Um, I think he'll be fine moving forward, though. It's, I mean, Sensatella, he's consistent. He'll be fine. So, I mean, those are those are my takes. <laughs> uh, if you guys disagree with me, let me know. Shoot me a DM, comment, uh, shoot me a tweet, something like that. Just let me know what uh, what you all thought. Daniel Bard looks excellent. I, I don't want to talk too much about the bullpen because there there wasn't really too much to take away from it, in my opinion. I mean, there were a couple small things. Like I think Ben Bowden looked good. Uh, I've been saying that the Rockies should give him some run for a while now. Um, he's older, high draft pick, so it, it's about time. He's due. Michael Givens doesn't really have anything left in the tank, in my opinion. I don't think he's um, he's good. It's going to be good for much longer. Um, but I, I've talked about this before. Yancy Almonte is my favorite reliever on the Colorado Rockies. He looked fine. And I think, I, I, I don't know, there, there's some decent pieces. I think there's really good setup guy. I think Yancy will be a fine setup guy. I think Bowden will probably be a decent uh, late reliever as well. And then Daniel Bard, I, I think he can close it out um, very, very solidly. And I think he can close it out with, with the best of them. So those are my takeaways. Uh, so 
moving moving on to our sponsor for this episode, and that is DraftKings Sportsbook. So it is now everyone's favorite tournament of the year. Oh, not my second favorite tournament of the year. My favorite tournament of the year just ended. But um, golfers in Augusta, Georgia are going to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choice to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is a simple pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this does not come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action and choose your golfer before the tournament tees off on Thursday morning. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this week's tournament. That's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. So, the good news. The MLB All-Star game is coming to Colorado. It is coming to Denver. It's coming to Coors Field. It's coming to McGregor Square. All that. All that jazz. The All-Star game is coming to Colorado. Um. Fairly last minute, you know, you usually find out a year, year two, a couple years in advance, whatever. Uh, But due to the uh, voting laws passed in Georgia, um, just recently signed into law by uh, Governor Brian Kemp down there, um, the organization, Major League Baseball, decided to pull out the All-Star game from Georgia, Atlanta, and decided to move it. Um, And they decided to move it. They didn't announce immediately where, but um, a lot of people speculated that it was going to be Colorado. Colorado made a lot of sense. It hasn't hosted an all-star game in this millennia, so it's it's fairly due, you know. Uh, 1998 was the last time the all-star game was hosted by the Colorado Rockies, and in that game, the American League won 13-8. So, um, I, let's just look at, at why. Why this happened. So, first of all, uh, clearly MLB has a vested interest in, in the voting laws, right? Um, the the commissioner had a discussion with the Players Association, I assume, and I believe with some other uh, representatives from, uh, from the players, and they decided that that was the direction that the league wanted to go. Um, and in that case... Uh, the opposite of Georgia in terms of policy is Colorado. Colorado has one of the most inclusive voting laws, voting uh, procedures, and, and all that um, in in the nation. One of the most open, one of the easiest states to vote in, uh, as opposed to obviously Georgia, who is uh, it's making making things a little bit more difficult. So, um, with that in mind, Colorado was a, a an obvious politically charged choice. 
Um, but in addition, like the logistics worked out really well, right? Um, first of all, Coors Field is beautiful. I mean, who wouldn't want to host a, an all-star game at Coors Field? It's, it's a fantastic stadium. Uh, the, the, the infrastructure is fairly new. While the stadium is somewhat old, uh, they, they put up McGregor Square, right? Uh, they put up the, the, the party decks, the, uh, the rooftop bar. So, I mean, the stadium's updated. Um, the capacity is huge. And, uh, I mean, that was another part of it, right? This is the logistics of holding a certain amount of people. There were only four teams for stadiums which held at least 40% capacity. Um, the first of which was Texas, in, uh, where, where Texas plays the Rangers. Uh, another one was Houston, at uh, where Houston plays, I believe, at Minute Maid Park. Uh, next, Arizona at Chase Field, also able to hold 40% capacity. And then finally, Coors Field, the Colorado Public Health officials, signaled that it was safe for Coors Field to hold 40% capacity, which is about 21,000 fans. So just, you know, making note of the of these things it is fairly valid um, to assume that Potentially, Coorsfield could open up to some more fans, maybe perhaps 50%, 60%, something reasonable like that by the All-Star game. Uh, and if trends look even better, maybe more. But that's that's probably what the realistic goal is, I assume. So, first of all, from just a logistical standpoint, Coorsfield makes sense. You can fit actual people in there, like thousands of people in the stadium, and you don't have to worry about a quote-unquote super spreader event. Um, in the cases of, you know, maybe the two Texas teams. The laws of public gathering are a little bit looser, um, and the restriction uh, in stadium gathering is a little bit looser as well. So, uh, all in all, the choice, the easy choice, if we were looking at fan capacity, was between Coors Field and Chase Field. And while Chase Field is nice, uh, Coors Field was... A, overdue, two, it's prettier, uh, and three, has that, that, that political opposition, I think, in sort of the direct sense of, hey, you know, we're going to include, include voters, <laughs> include people um, to be able to participate in democracy. So, you know, if you look at all those things, it does make sense why Colorado was chosen. As John Gray said recently, the Home Run Derby is going to be entertaining, you know what I hope they do is I hope I hope they turn off the humidor for the home run derby. I hope they just go crazy, take down the the extended fencing, just just let people hit home runs, just just let them do it. It's going to be a fun home run derby. Coors Field is beautiful. Uh, Denver is beautiful. The Rockies not so beautiful, but. This is going to be an enjoyable experience for the team, for the fans, for the city, definitely for the owners, um, and it's, I, I think it's it's a win-win. It's a win-win-win-win, just all around. I, I'm not really sure, that, but aside from the workers who would have benefited from that extra the extra time, uh, you know, contributing economically to a situation in Georgia, aside from those workers. It's a it's a win for pretty much everybody, and it makes sense for MLB. It makes sense for the Rockies. 
this is going to be a very fun event. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out. We'll see how, how it pans out, all the logistics and everything. But if, I mean, I'm going to try and make it there for sure, undoubtedly. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be very, very fun and eventful, eventful week. Um, because I believe MLB is still planning on honoring Hank Aaron in some capacity. It's going to be weird not doing it at Shores Field in front of uh, the fans of the Atlanta Braves. It's definitely going to feel weird, but um, it, it's long overdue to see him get some sort of recognition uh, to his contributions to the game of baseball. And hey, I mean, the all-time home runs champ without steroids uh, you know, gets to participate in some festivities at potentially the most eventful home run derby in a while, especially if they turn off the humidor, which they should. So, and, you know, that's that's what I got for you. So yeah, if you have any other questions about this specific event, if you have any other uh, thoughts, feel free to DM me on Twitter at Cade C. Walker. Tweet at me, anything, something like that. Um, just, just, uh, just... You know, talk to me. Uh, let me let me know what you're feeling. Let me know what you're thinking. So, uh, thank you for tuning into this episode of 20th and Blake by Mile High Sports. As always, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next time.